Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. Get your Bibles out, Proverbs 29, Proverbs 29, turn there. Uh, we're in part two of our Go messages. We do this every year. Uh, it seems like a lot of information, and I kind of sometimes feel bad just giving out information. Uh, and I asked, I've asked people last week, is that okay? And they're like, yeah, we need to hear this. And so we set aside two services to look back to last year, G for Go, and G and Go for generosity. What we were able to do as a church because of your giving and loving and serving and praying, and only because of that we're able to do those things. And so if you weren't here last week, go online and watch last week's service and hear just a small snapshot, not, not an entire picture of what we were able to do in 2015 because of your generosity. Uh, Today we're going to talk about O for opportunity and what does that look like for 2016. It's so important for you and I to have a picture. We need to know that. Uh, In fact, uh, before we get started this first uh, scripture right here, I sometimes when I type my notes out and I send it into the guys, I type something in wrong and you've experienced that. It's a little embarrassing on my part, but I got to tell you this, I did that for this service or this message and it was the funniest thing I've experienced so far. Sometimes it's just some, what is that? Uh, and sometimes it can make it work. But this morning, uh, I, I typed in the wrong scripture reference and they pulled it up. Here's what it said. When degenerates take charge, crime runs wild. Right? And it's like, are you kidding? And I just want to assure you there are no degenerates in charge here at Tree of Life Church. I just, I want to let you know. Well, there's one on the borderline, but we're working with them, okay? So it's just... I didn't know, I just laughed. I didn't know, how do, you follow, how do you cover that? How do you follow up with that? I wanted to assure you that. I thought it was really funny. But here's what it says. It was supposed to be verse 18. It says, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. Come on, who, who, don't raise your hand, but how many times do we feel like that's just life for us? We just don't have direction and purpose. And it's because we need a clear picture of what God's asking of you and I. That's my hope this morning is to get us a clear picture so we don't find ourselves stumbling all over ourselves, but we have purpose. But when they attend, listen to this, but when they attend or adhere to or do what he reveals, they are, help me with the last two words, most blessed. Come on, that's the life we want, isn't it? And our life is most blessed when we attend to what God reveals. There's no longer stumbling when we have a clear picture and we see what God is doing. And if you call Tree of Life home, then I want to encourage you uh, uh, this morning, open up your hearts, open up your eyes to receive what I believe God's doing in and through Tree of Life or wanting to do in 2016 so we can attend to what he's revealing so your life and my life can be most blessed. Now that's so important because that's the life we want and we pursue so many other things to get most blessed, but the scripture says, pursue his thing to find your life most blessed. And we do things to bless other people, and you heard that last week, and that's great, but the result we find to be is we're most blessed. And so it's a win-win. Let's open our eyes up to what God's wanting to do in and through Tree of Life and how you can be a part of that as a part of this family. And the first thing I want to say is starting on February 7th, we're kicking off a new series. Listen, the first of the year is so important. So many people come to church that has been laying out for a while or haven't been to church in a while, and all of us can leverage our influence so people can come and be a part of what God's doing and speaking their lives. I'm kicking off a series called Unpack Your Bags. And I don't know about you, but I am, I'm an overpacker. But reality is, we are, we are pros at baggage aren't we? Especially, I think, probably America. And so we have a journey, we have a direction, God's taking us somewhere, and we need to learn to travel free or travel light. And so we've created ways to carry our baggage with us. We've made it more convenient. Remember the old school suitcases? You got that old plastic handle, and it's heavy, and you got to carry it, no wheels, and you got to set it down. Hold on. My brother and I used to have to carry the family luggage, and we'd always tell my mom and my sister, please don't pack so much stuff in there. But now, because we're Americans and we want to take stuff, 
We've created wheels and handles and pockets upon pockets and expandable this and that. And we'll vacuum pack, vacuum seal, roll stuff up to get more than we ever could. Have. But isn't that life? We've learned to take our stuff with us. Well, God wants us to unpack this and unpack it so we can travel light and free. And so I want to encourage you, we all know someone that could benefit from hearing the word along those lines, amen? So let's leverage our influence with people and let's do our part as we start 2016. Let's find a way to get as many people here as we can so they can travel free this year. So this would be the better year than they've ever had in experience. We're not carrying stuff from 2015, 2014, 2013, 1999, all the way down, Amen. Let's unpack. Okay, so do that. I want to encourage you. That's what we're starting the year off with and uh, come and be a part of that. And so we're growing. The first of the year, people are more apt maybe to say, yes, you know, I really need to get back in church. We've already seen that. It might be resolutions, right? You go to churches and go to gyms and they're packed out, right? And stuff. We're hoping as many people can will stay here and grow and develop. Amen. Uh, so, but we want to make sure that you understand that we need to get out there and invite people. But we've already seen great growth. In fact, we've been experiencing city growth for the last several years and we're so blessed and honored to do that. And if you were to look around this morning, the room has a lot of people in it, but we still have chairs and we can put more out. But you know what we're doing? We're maxing out our children's classrooms and we have been for some time. In fact, in that nursery, our elementary uh, wing, their ECM, early childhood ministry, and our elementary wing, we're maxing out classrooms every weekend. And in fact, two weeks ago, we had almost 2,000 people through our services. And statistically speaking, 30 or 40% of your uh, people are not in attendance on any given Sunday. So you add that back in. I'm not saying to look at anything, but I'm saying to look what God's doing, amen? And so we have the ability, amen, and the capacity to minister to more and more people. And that's so important for you and I. And I don't know what you feel about crowded places. I don't like to go to crowded movies. I don't like to go to crowded restaurants, but a church ought to be crowded, right? A church ought to be crowded. Why? Because there's a real heaven and there's a real hell. It's reality. And we want to rescue as many people from hell as we possibly can, amen, and get them into the kingdom of God and get them discipled. But we've been maxing out those children's rooms, and we can grow in here some more, obviously. And so we need to do something about it. And so two years ago, uh, for an already overcrowding situation, which continues to just compound itself, and then um, position ourselves for future growth, we started a building uh, process, a campaign, if you will. And so many of you were so generous in your giving, whether it be one-time gifts or making commitments and staying steady. And we've been able to do some projects, and in particular, if you were to go out these doors, my left, your right, you'll, and look to the left, you'll see currently under construction a multi-purpose room. And we desperately need that room. And we have the finances for it, by the way. We desperately need that room to go up. It's taken some time because, number one, we've committed not to increase debt. We're going to pay as we go. And number, and, and number two, uh, we need manpower because we want to be good stewards. There's things that you pay when you have the resources. People hire people out to do that. But sometimes you can do some things on your own to stretch your dollar farther. And so we've been doing that. So really can I say this? You set the pace. You set the pace with your giving and with your serving. And so if we all come together, we can do the things God's asking us to do to reach a greater harvest of families. Amen? To make more rooms for families with kids. And as I said uh, about two weeks ago on the 10th, we had around 2,000 people here on the weekend, just under that. And so we actually had to close classrooms and just tell people we can't handle any more kids. And it's because that there's some point in time, safety's an issue, and safety's a priority around here. I just want you to know that. And so safety's an issue, and then we want to be able to effectively minister to kids so we don't jam as many kids as humanly possible in a room, because if we can't share Jesus with them, there's no point. 
And so we want to do ministry, not just babysitting. And so we've been reaching those capacities, and, and the team's been great on repurposing rooms and finding ways. Uh, sometimes our shortage is not necessarily a room that we can repurpose, but manpower. So we need you to serve. There's a children's table out there. If you're not currently serving, we need you to serve. And so we want you to give too and give towards the building project and so into our future and to the kids and families that we're ministering to. So I want to show you a real quick video of really what's happening and where we're at and how you can be involved. Good morning, Tree of Life. I am standing in the middle of the slab of our new construction project. Now, we started a, a building campaign uh, uh, roughly about two years ago with the idea of meeting our expanding and growing needs here at Tree of Life, and in particular, the growing children's ministry. So this is very important. I want all of you to catch the vision for this because uh, this is going to help us expand our ability to minister to more families and more children. I'm standing roughly in a room of 5,700 square feet. We'll be able to put around 250 plus chairs in here. But primarily on Sunday morning, it'll take the pressure off our children's wing. It'll be used kind of as a multi-purpose activity room, enabling us to use or repurpose some of the other rooms for classrooms. Uh, but this is going to take the pressure off, enable us to grow uh, in a greater measure. As you know, sitting in the sanctuary, we have plenty of room to grow there, but our lid, our ceiling, is our children's ministry wing because of our facilities. Your involvement is key. It is so needed to be able to take that lid off, if you will, and minister to all the people that God's bringing to Tree of Life Church. I'm going to invite Rob Bellamy in with me. He is our men's ministry director, and he's over our construction project, and he's going to tell us a little bit how you can be involved. Well, as Pastor Don said, this is our Nehemiah plan. The reason we named it Nehemiah, because we see in the book of Nehemiah, that Nehemiah took people that really didn't have any construction experience at all. They were the people of Israel and they came in and they rebuilt, they put their hand to the task and they had no construction experience, but everybody did their part. And when they did so, it all came together and worked. Now what we do is we work out here Monday nights from 6.30 to 8.30. We also work out here on Thursday nights from 6.30 to 8.30 and on Saturday mornings from 9.30 to 11.30. If you have any time available in those slots, we'd love to have you out here. You can come see me, talk to me about it. We're also going to set up a Nehemiah sign-up page on our existing web page. So that'll give you more information and give you a way to interact and to come be part of this task. We need to get this built, as Pastor Don said, because our children's ministry needs it. They need this space. And to those of you who've been given, I want to say thank you so much for being diligent and being generous to give to the Nehemiah plan because of what you're doing. You're making a difference. And for those of you that have been putting your hand to the task, I can't say thank you enough. Thank you so much for coming out and sowing your time. I appreciate it. Yeah, really heartfelt thanks, Tree of Life. This doesn't happen without you. In fact, you set the pace. Uh, the manpower that you provide, putting your hand to the task, uh, really is, is so valuable. I mean, we can't put into words how necessary needed that is to move this project forward. And then your continued giving. Uh, some of you have been generous from the very beginning two years ago. Some of you got in the game a little bit later. And even now, many of you are wondering what this is about and how can you be involved. It's going to take all of us giving and serving, all of us moving this forward so we can expand the kingdom of God by expanding our ability to minister to families here at Tree of Life. So again, we want to let you know how uh, blessed we are to do life and ministry with you. We can't do it without you. From the beginning, we've committed not to incur debt on this project. So uh, we have enough money to finish the project, the building that we're currently standing in. We just really need you behind the manpower piece as well. So thank you so much for it. We look forward to God finishing this and so many families more coming and being ministered to. Amen. Great opportunity for a tree of life really is important to make that a priority. You need to make that a priority. 
And again, and you might say, why? And I mean, it's full enough. And again, like you, I'm, I'm not really big on crowds, but one place there should be a crowd is church. And, and I know it's inconvenient and that's okay. I know you might have to park further away. I, I know you might have to wait in a longer check-in line. And God forbid, somebody might be sitting in your seat when you come in, right? <laughs> but those are great inconveniences. And, and, and so some of you might not like that, but listen, that's what God wants. In fact, let's take a look at the scripture. Let's take a look in Luke. Here's a passage of scripture in Luke out of the Living Bible. Love the Living Bible. It says this, well then, said his master, go out into the country lanes and out behind the hedges and urge anyone you find to come. And here's why. So that the house will be full. Amen. That's God's mandate. God wants his houses full. In fact, really, if you really study that scripture, he's talking about his home in heaven. He wants heaven full. He wants heaven full of people, amen? And so we can get this place, the the more full we get this place, the more full heaven will be, amen? And so that's a mandate of God, so we need to be about that. And here's how that looks over our building plan, building processes. As Rob said, and I shared, that that multi-purpose building you see at the end that's going, it took a long time for permitting and and design changes, and and if you work in that industry, you understand there's just a lot of... You just a lot of things you have to do, but we're, we're done with all that now. We have the money in the bank for that building. We just need your manpower. We got about half the money we need for restrooms that go with that, so we're believing for that. And then beyond, we need to be uh, planning and, and be prepared to go beyond that project into the next one so we can get ahead. This has to be a priority for our growth and what God's wanting to do in and through Tree of Life. Let me show you what that looks like. Here's how this is happening. As you look at this screen, after first service, somebody came up and gave me this really cool laser thing. I said, you want me to have that? You're sure? I mean, I I don't know. Is that working? Let me see. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But there, can you see that? I can't do it on the other side, but I don't know if that helps. But this long, uh, steady, I'm nervous. See, look at that. This long building, right? (laughs) Come on, come on, stop. Come on. You're not helping. Not helping right there. That one right there. (laughs) So that building, right? You know what I'm talking about. The long one on the end. The long up and down one on the end. That building right there. So that building right there, it was a good thought. Thank you for giving this to me. I'm going to keep it. And uh, that one on the end is the building we're talking about. It's about 5,700 square feet. 250 plus can be seated in there. But what we'll do is in Sunday mornings, we'll turn it into a, a children's activity center. We have uh, 50 plus kids every week in our game room. And so what we want to do, our game room is actually right here. So what we'd like to do by changing that, turning that into an activity center. Right, here's a game. Hey, thank you. I, okay, there we go, right there. So we'll turn, that in, we'll turn that into a kinder, first and second grade classroom. And we'll take the pressure off our faith factory. We'll divide our elementary kinder through second and then third through fifth. And then we'll move this room as actually kinder first and can I tell you, kinder first, second service averages probably 40 to 45 kinder and kindergarten and first graders. God bless those teachers in there, man. Can I just tell you that? It's amazing. So what we'll do is by taking this activities and putting them in this room on Sunday morning, well, that'll enable us to take our kinder first, move them here, kinder first and second, and open this room up to more classrooms and multi-purpose rooms. So we're being the best stewards that we possibly can, and that'll help us for a while, enable us to do what we need to do. Uh, the next part of that, and we have the money for that room up there, by the way, you just need a little more for the bathrooms. The next part will be classrooms, because we're not done with classrooms, we're planning for a future growth. And uh, the area that we live in is growing like crazy, and God's just doing something uh, amazing, wonderful 
people here at Tree of Life, so we're growing. Um, so if you were to walk right out these doors right here where we're currently at and look to the left towards, or to the right, I'm sorry, to Married for Life, you'll see the space for seven classrooms and a bathroom. And we need that not only to expand, again, more ministries, but on Sunday mornings, we have ministries like Married for Life that are, that are reaching capacity. We have Wisdom for Life that are reaching capacity. But we want to provide more discipleship classes on Sunday morning, almost Sunday schoolish, if you will, but we want to target specific needs, whether it be in marriage or singles or parenting or things that we can uh, give a, a purposeful class to people to be discipled and to engage and find freedom, amen, and grow in the things of God. But also there, it's been on my heart, I've shared this the last few years, it's still what we're praying and dreaming about, is that we have a heart for, uh, to minister to families with special needs. And someone in their family uh, has, needs unique ministry for special needs. And understand this, that 90% of special needs families are unchurched. 90%. That's staggering. But, but that's because churches t- typically aren't prepared to do and handle that. And so uh, we feel that that's something God's put on our heart. So we're looking at even a few of these classrooms being designed in a way that will minister to the needs uh, that are unique to special needs families. We have many people here at Tree of Life that have that training and work in the school districts and have that kind of education and skill sets. Uh, we just lack some facilities. And so we have a growing special needs population here. And our children's ministry does a phenomenal job by meeting their needs currently with what we can with a buddy system and things like that, but we feel that God's asking us to do a little bit more, and so we know it takes time and preparation for that, so be praying about that, but as you see these seven classrooms there, we'll use them all the time, and so that's the next project, so I need you to be praying and seeing what God would ask you to do. I'm not making a fundraising plea. I'm sharing the thing so you can see it. And so you can to attend what God reveals, so you'll be most blessed. And we're only asking you to do what God's asking you to do. And maybe you weren't able to get on board a few years ago or last year, or maybe you're even new now and hearing this for the first time. But we want you to know that we're being very good stewards with the resources God's giving us. But he knows he's, we know he's asking us to continue to move forward. And really, this needs to be a priority because we don't want facilities and manpower to be a lid of the harvest, amen? And our ability to minister to people, not just say, get them saved, but disciple them, equip them especially families in today's world. We need targeted, specific ministries to families because the family unit is under such attack. And so we have the space to do it. We just need the resources and the manpower and we'll move at the pace you provide those. And so we're asking you to attend to what God reveals to your heart and only do what he's asking you to do. And if you want more information uh, on that, we do have uh, on our tables in the back by the cross and out the, in the gathering place at the Welcome Center, you can find some more brochures unless they're all picked up on our plan for building for change and an envelope there and how you can be a part of that. So pray and see what God would have you do, but let's all do something. Here's what we say and what we know to be true. We're not talking about equal gifts. God never talks about equal gifts. He talks about equal sacrifice. So if we'll all do something that we're able to do, it will go a long way. Stay steady and consistent with your tithe and then make sure you're praying and see what God would ask you to do above that. And when you attend and see clearly what God's doing and attend to what he reveals, you are most blessed, the scripture says. Amen. I love your generosity. You're such a giving church with your time and energy. Now, I want to let you know of a couple other things, and you can uh, always serve and jump on board and help us. A big thing we're doing this year is we are hosting the Vietnam War Memorial Traveling Wall. Come on, how many are excited about having the Vietnam War Memorial Wall here? That's amazing. I love that. 
I love that. How many have ever been to the wall in DC? My wife and I went a few years and it was, it's, it, there's no words. It is just life-changing. What an experience. Ever since that time, we felt God dropped it in our heart to be able to provide that here. And it's taken a while, but now we have a coming Memorial Weekend of all weekends. Praise the Lord for that. Amen. But it's a big undertaking. And if you're not sure what that looks like, well, watch the screen for just a moment. We'll give you an idea. excited about that. That's going to be incredible. You saw the dates, May 25th through June 6th, and you're wondering why we talk about this now, because we need to be preparing. We already have been working very diligently behind the scenes getting ready, but we're going to need you and your help through volunteers for having it that length of time, basically two weekends, and all that it entails is going to take a lot of manpower. And we're not going to ask just from here, other people or organizations, uh, military personnel are getting on board, as you can imagine, to serve, to honor our military and their families. Can I just quickly ask, how many of you are Vietnam vet, Vietnam vets in here? Raise your hand. Come on, everybody. God bless you. Thank you so much. God bless you guys. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for your service. Thank you for your service. Amen. God bless you. There's not enough thanks. And all of you that serve in the military in some capacity are so worthy of honor and respect. And thank you for what you do because we know freedom's never free. But maybe this is a way for us to give back to some of our military and our community. We need our kids to know what it's all about. Amen. We don't need generations to be lost in what it really means, what this country was really founded on, and the lives of men and women sacrificing themselves for the good of everybody else. So we're going to host it. So you can go online on our website. You'll find a link where you can sign up and volunteer. But also, not just to serve, this is a huge undertaking taking and many organizations have already communicated with us about sponsoring financially. And so your business perhaps or your, you as an individual may want to help sponsor this financially or you know a business and can send it and connect us through your relationships with other, whether it be businesses or civic organizations or government organizations or, or even uh, military groups or whatever. Uh, we know that schools will come out like field trips and all that kind of thing. And so it's going to be an amazing opportunity for us to host this and show love, honor, and respect to our veterans and our community in the surrounding area. So you can go online and again to our website and find that page and find more information about how you can be involved and be a part of that. I'm really excited for the opportunity that we have. Amen. And so we've, we've been um, involved with missions. As you know, last week, if you weren't here, you can get the updates, what's happened. I need to let you know that a trip this year is coming up. Many of you have asked, when is the next mission trip to Mexico? Uh, to Audible de Vida, Tree of Life, our sister church in Leon, Guanajuato, Mexico. And it is actually, let me give you the dates. You can see that July 6th through the 13th. And you can get information at the Connect Center. You can go back there and the Vietnam War Memorial, you can go back to the Connect Center. You can pick up a flyer about it. You can sign up and get information about the upcoming uh, informational meeting with trip details. Really excited. This will be our first time to Pastor Jeff's new facility since he's moved in. And he's in, ama- in an amazing area where he's surrounded literally by thousands of homes within walking 
walking distance. Numerous colonias, which are very, very poor, that he actually will be able to reach out to and people have access to the church just by walking because there's not a lot of personal transportation. And so uh, great things are being planned with crusades and children's ministry, feeding the poor, a bag and a prayer, going door to door and sharing the gospel and praying with people, uh, concerts, uh, work projects, a great opportunity. If you've ever had it in your heart and you think you just want to find out more information, you can sign up back there. But you need to mark that on your calendar. That's what's coming up in 2016 for you. Want to make you aware of that. Along with that, and I know I feel like I'm just spitting out information, but if you don't see it, right, you can't attend to what God's revealing. And so um, bear with me here. But uh, we engaged with a ministry in India last year. Really felt God moved on our hearts. An amazing story how he connected us. And so since that time, we have been uh, fully sponsoring 10 missionaries that are reaching out to an unreached people group called the Namadi. Uh, India is a very dark country, and uh, there's so many needs there. In fact, the state that we're working with, Madhya Pradesh in India, is home to almost 10% of the world's unreached people groups in one state. That's the highest concentration of unreached people groups, I think, in the world. And so it's very dark. There's an anti-conversion law in the state where it's illegal to share the gospel and try and convert people to Christianity. We got 10 very courageous men and families that we fully fund uh, uh, and bringing the gospel where there's never been, where it's never been preached. Uh, you can put the picture of that, those up there. Here's, here's our, our family in India, our Namadi missionaries, 10, of, 10 families out there, very courageous, very courageous men and women. Lives are on the line. $150 a month they live on, whether they have a family of six or a family of two. I think there's probably several families in here that could say, you know what, I can do that. I can sponsor that family. But you know, you let God speak to you and do it. He speaks to your heart. But listen, uh, just last night, I got a text from Shanji. If you'll remember, he was here in November with Indian Evangelical Team. And here's the newspaper on the 19th of January in New Delhi that came out that there's an article in the paper that is acknowledging how much persecution there is of Christians. And it's a predominantly Hindu nation. as you understand that. And the article goes on to say that very few, even these numbers right here, as great as they seem, very few are ever even reported. So it's significantly higher than this number represented. And the majority of the number one state, again, is Madhya Pradesh, where we reach the Namadi people. And it's all in that article. In fact, it says that India is uh, consistently moving up to the top of the most persecuted people list. They're, they moved up to number 17 in the world now of, of the worst persecuting of Christians. And so we have some very brave people over there. Um, but we have a vision and a dream. And here's what we're seeing. We're seeing God changing lives through our missionaries, amen, through the gospel. And so I have a short, a couple of videos, a short one here that will show uh, what our vision is. When my wife and I and Tom Duran went, we were able to speak uh, to 50 church planters. And it's an amazing environment. The joy that the persecution they face is unimaginable by us here, but they have such joy for what they're doing and such faith and trust in God. So the first section, you'll see the 50 church planters in praise and worship. Then you'll see two churches that we attended on Sunday, and you'll see uh, their time of praise and worship. Just real quick clips, uh, just to get a vision for what we're believing for India.
awesome. How's that for a family service? <laughs> I love that, right? All the kids. And listen, and this is in one of the darkest places in the world that really their lives are at stake right there. I mean, you saw the articles and they don't care. They're packing out places. As many people as you saw inside that last church, there was almost that many outside. Shortly after our trip there and after we left, in fact, I had, I had the privilege and honor of ministering there. Um, the anti-Christians came. The guy in the blue and white striped shirt. He was the leader. They pulled him out and they just beat him just severely and threw him in jail and God just delivered him. It's, that's life for them. And I'm not trying to appeal to an emotional thing here. I'm just trying to show you this is real life and we need to have a clear picture because here sometimes in our comfortable place, which is not bad, thank God for where we are, but we have great responsibility because of what we do have. And so, but they're living that out on the front line every day in a different way than we are. And so let's not lose sight of that. Let's attend to what God reveals. And you may have a burden in your heart for it and you may not. And if you don't, that's not a bad thing. God puts specific things on our hearts, but we all can do a part, have a part in there. In fact, our missionaries are just so courageous in what they do. Two of them, the first one's name is Barat and the second one, Dilip. They're guys that we met and we shared time with and we spoke into their lives and they are out there doing a great work and they have two quick testimonies I want to show you. Again, these are the missionaries that we support every month through your generosity and we're looking forward to a greater connection into the future to help them reach their people and people that have never heard the gospel of Jesus before. Um, after I finished my Bible schooling, I went to a village where nobody had ever gone with the love of Jesus Christ. None, none of the people in that village had ever heard about Jesus Christ. And, and I felt the, the spirit of the living God taking me there. And, and I had a desire to go and share the word of God there. I did face oppositions. I faced uh, a lot of oppositions there. People would not allow me to enter into the village. They said, we don't want you to come with a foreign God, a foreign religion into our village. So I stayed in the outskirts of the village and nobody would give me a home to live in. And so I lived on the campus of a school. I lived in the playground. Uh, in the evening, I would spread my bed and I would sleep there. In the morning, I would just uh, roll my bed, leave it on one side. And every day in the morning, I would go to share the word of God to people. And there was one lady there who was demon possessed for the last 10 years. And um, she had, I mean, people have taken her to witchcraft, to black magicians, to gurus. But there was no hope in her life. And I said, I can pray for her. And if I pray, I know Jesus can heal her. So, uh, but when I went there, people said, no, it cannot happen. We have taken her to so many people and, and nothing happened. How can you do it? And there's a time I shared about Jesus Christ and I told them, Jesus can do a miracle in her life. And I prayed for her and Jesus healed her. And that miracle really did a great job in that village. And people came to know about Jesus Christ. And uh, I could enter that village and share the gospel with many more people. And so we have a small congregation there in that village right now. Uh, after this uh, miraculous healing of the lady in that village, God really opened the doors there and we could go to people and we could pray for them. And even the elders of the village called me and uh, they asked me about what I do. And I told them that I preach about Jesus Christ, the living God. And, and they, they themselves saw the miraculous healing that God had brought in there. And they gave me, they, they told me, you can come to a village, you can preach about Jesus Christ. And even one of the elders of the village, he had pain in his leg for several years. And he asked me if I could pray for him. For him. And I prayed for him and he was also healed. And so God really opened the doors for us in that, in that village of Nimari people. And it's a great joy for me to work among my own people, among the Nimari people tribe. And then we have a small congregation today. And I want to see that people in this village come to know about Jesus Christ and we would have a church being planted there. Uh, that's what my desire is. 
My name is Dilip Rai Barode and uh, I work with Indian Evangelical team and I'm working among my own people, the Nimari tribe and it's a great opportunity and great honor that uh, God has called me to do his work among my own people. Uh, I would like to narrate one of the incidents that happened with me uh, a few months back. I had gone to one of the villages to uh, share about Jesus Christ and I had been going there for a few weeks and about two of the families came to know about Jesus Christ. They gave their life to Jesus and, and we started having a weekly evening meeting in their house and, uh, and so happened that one evening I went there to conduct a, a family meeting. There was a cell group meeting there and, and three or four families came together and we all were sitting there. It was about nine o'clock in the evening. We were sitting all together and we were praying and worshiping God. Suddenly uh, we heard some noise outside and one of our brother went and opened the door and he said there was a mob there, anti-Christian people standing there, about 50 of them and they had all kinds of weapons you name it they had they had big strikes they had they had everything and they had come to attack me because they came to know there's a there's a missionary who's coming here to convert people and so they were demanding for me to be brought out and then they wanted to beat me probably they could have even killed me so um, anyway I, uh, I was called outside I went, I, I went to talk to them they were they were accusing a lot of things on me but our sisters stood in front of me the sisters of the families that we were praying with they stood in front of me covering me as a shield so that they would not attack me and finally I was pushed inside by the believers and they said you go and sit inside otherwise these people will attack you and, and they were always thinking the believers were thinking how they can get me out if, if I go out from that main door there would be a big attack and they would they would even kill me so what they did they made a plan to rip open the back wall of their house and they ripped open the back they made a big hole in their in their house from the from the back wall and they made me to escape from there and then I went about half half a kilometer or so and there was another brother who was standing there with a motorbike and he, he uh, and, and I, I took off on that motorbike with my uh, believer to my village and then, uh, it was dark, it was pitch dark in the night and we were going and I could see the police van and the media coming to this village because this, this anti-Christian people had uh, informed the police also and then I was taken and I went to my home and um, the, the media people came, the police came, they were searching for me but they did not find me and I, I praise God for the protection that I got that evening otherwise anything could have happened and I want to tell you even though there was a lot of persecution there was so opposition I still have a passion that I want to go back to those villages I still go people have told me not to go there because there's danger there but I still go there every week or, or maybe once in fortnight and I go there and I conduct meetings and and uh, I know one day God will use me to plant a church in that same very village. So I would request you to remember us, remember our Nimadi people in your prayer. So one day we will see that the whole village is evangelized and we will celebrate the victory of the living God there. Thank you very much. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you. Man, it's amazing, amazing, amazing what they're doing. Incredible. You know, it really is an honor to be partners with them and to help them. It really is. We're their funding and they couldn't do it without us, but they're so determined no matter what the circumstances or the obstacles to go and share the good news and the gospel. And so it's just great respect. Love them all. And so, uh, you know, one thing that we're able to do is, is to pray. And I, and, and I know that's important because our prayers probably bring a lot of protection and safety to them and then give. Uh, when we started supporting them, we bought bicycles ten, for 10 missionaries, 10 bicycles. And that's how they get around. They don't have transportation of their own, of course. And so it's amazing how they can even get around on bicycles, the roads and the jungle and places that we went. I don't know how they ride bikes that far and in that much terrain. 
But as I said last week, I shared, they've already planted 14 churches, have already been planted. Five are underway and they're opened up 15 new areas. It's amazing what they can do. And again, be reminded, just like that article, they're in the midst of the place of greatest persecution in India. And so um, what their prayer request was, was uh, every time that they plant so many churches, then it's harder for them to get around on a bicycle to several different villages that are far away. So they request a motorcycle. So they've requested a motorcycle. And so I, I share that first service. There's 10 missionaries, and I think five or six have already been bought. So if you didn't get to come to first service, you missed out maybe on an opportunity. People just came up after service. So eventually they'll all need one. And so there's still four or five motorcycles that need to be purchased. And all I'm saying is you see the picture, then you attend to what God's revealing to you and you will be most blessed. That's all I'm saying. And then you might say, and we sit here this morning and I share the things that are coming, what God's asking of us. And I think, well, Pastor, you're asking us to tithe, to fund all the ministry that we do here and will continue to do in a greater capacity. What about the building? And the building is a priority for us. We, we have to take the ceiling off the growth that God wants to bring here so lives can be changed and impacted. And then what about, the, the, whether it be Mexico or India, and God's not asking you to do all of it. He's asking you to do something, though. And you gotta pray and see what that is. And as we say, uh, it's not about equal gifts, it's equal sacrifice. And so you know what you can do by the Spirit of God and only do what he's directing you. That's all we're asking. But all of us doing our part can more than meet the needs that are out there. Again, the priority of getting the building up and then being able to continue to minister to uh, our brothers and sisters out, whether it be in Mexico or in India, we need to make sure that we can also be able to do uh, what God's asking of us. So I'm going to ask you to pray and see. And maybe even a family for $150 a month. Maybe that's your family has a burden for that and can do that. I'm sorry? Oh, the motorcycle cost was, they asked for a motorcycle, so I texted Shaji, who was interpreting, and he said, the motorcycles that they buy, good ones, any good ones there, that's 1,000 US dollars. Costs $1,000 to purchase a motorcycle. And so um, I told him, I said, we're gonna pray about it and see what we do when we're committed, and then I know that this is a generous church, and so again, only do what God's put on your heart to do. Don't give out a compulsion because of what I'm saying, you're out of emotion. Okay, you see God, God's got them covered and he's speaking to people. And so I just wanna encourage you in that all of it, God has got more than enough for everything we need here at Tree of Life, amen? Whether it be volunteers or whether it be resources to build buildings, to house the harvest, to help disciple families or whether it be to reach people around the world, all of it's important to God and that is what he's revealing. And so if you'll attend to what he speaks to your heart, you will be most blessed because God is a good and faithful God. You know, I, I want to close uh, by giving you just uh, something. I want to give you the word right before we leave. Um, I know we're going to go o- over a little, so give me grace for that. We try and uh, end on time as much as we can. I needed to give you the picture as best I know, and there's more to it. You'll see more un- uh, unfold throughout the year, but I needed to give you the picture, as I said, so you can attend to what God's revealing to your heart. But I want to just speak to you for a minute, minute excuse me, out of the passage of Scripture, Ephesians 5, 15, and 16. Let me, let me read this for you. Be very careful then how you live. You got to live purposely, not as unwise, but be wise. Make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Why do you need to make the most of every opportunity? Because the days are evil. We need to be wise. That word opportunity right there is the Greek word kairos, K-A-I-R-O-S, the word kairos. There's two words for time in the Greek. One's chronos. That means time that's happening right now, a specific determined, predetermined time. And there's another one, kairos, that means an opportune or supreme moment, a favorable moment, a time when uh, conditions are right for the accomplishment of a course of action. This is what this is speaking to here. Be wise because God provides opportune moments. He provides favorable moments. Why does he provide favorable moments like that? Because the days are evil. And my gosh, turn on the TV. 
And you know, the days are gonna get eviler and eviler or more evil, more evil. Well, thanks, Pastor, that's real positive. That's a real positive message right there. Well, it might not seem positive to you, but I'm positive the days are gonna get more and more evil. The Bible says that to be true. But have no fear, amen? We are gonna live in line with the word of God and we are overcomers, amen? And we're gonna change the hearts and lives of people through the word and through love and through serving and giving. So, but we need to know that we're in a time and God has provided a favorable moment, a Kairos moment for you, Tree of Life. Right now for us, we have a Kairos moment provided by God because the days are evil. So we need to be very wise how we enter into these opportunities. We need to know uh, what God's asking of us and to do that, a Kairos moment. We need to be a church in motion a church advancing. Let me give you four words, four verbs that if you and I do them, we'll step into that favorable moment. We'll step into that Kairos moment that God has given us. Number one, follow. We need to be followers. Followers not of me, but of Jesus. And listen, I'm gonna talk about this uh, next week during encounter time. But listen, we don't think, I don't think we understand the word follower. We say, I'm a believer. But you know what? The devil believes in God. The, the demons believe that there's a God, but they're not doing anything for him. And they ain't gonna be in heaven either. But he's not looking for believers. You find where Jesus is looking for believers, he's looking for followers, people of action, people that will follow him in those Kairos favorable moments that we find ourselves in right now. He's looking for followers. Mark 8, 34, New Living Translation says this. He called the crowd to join his disciples. We need to go from crowd to core to disciples. And he said, if any of you wants to be my what? Follower not a believer of me. You must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross and follow me. Jesus is looking for some followers. Can I say this? Church attendance is not enough. Church attendance might make you a believer, but it may not make you a follower. So he's asking, looking for followers. I'm putting my faith in you. I'm trusting you. Don't just be a Christian. Be a follower of Jesus. Amen? The second thing to help us step into our Kairos moment is connect. God wants you to connect. He wants to connect you to other people. In fact, before God does anything great, he will connect you first. Because we can do more together than we ever could by ourselves. And we need to be connected to the body of Christ. We need to be connected one to another. And we need, why do we need to be connected, pastors? Just me and God. No, he never set it up that way. The more connected you are, the better life you will live. Connection is the key to your personal success. The body of Christ doesn't just need to have parts laying around. He needs the parts connected one to each other to do what he's asking to do. Well, why do I need to be connected? Take a look at Ecclesiastes 9. It says this. Here's why. Because two are better than one. You're not meant to be a lone ranger. Because they have good return for their labor. We can do more together than we can by ourselves. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity the fool. There you go, right? Who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they'll be kept warm. How can one keep warm alone? They can't. And though one may be overpowered, or another translation says one will be overpowered, but two can defend themselves. And a a cord, a small group, a life group rather, is not easily quickly broken. Come on, we need to connect one to another in this Kairos moment to do what God's revealing to us to do, attend to it. We need to do that. You need to be a member. You need to be in a group. You need to get connected. Number three, discover. Discover why you were created in the first place. You have a reason and a purpose to be on this planet. You have a divine destiny. He wants you to discover why you were created and then do it. Do you know what it is? 
Let's take a look at Psalms 139, 13 through 16. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together. This is King David. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. Listen to them. Listen to this. I know that full well. I know that I'm here for a divine purpose. It goes on to say this. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body and all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them ever came to be. Know your purpose. Know why you're here. Discover it. David knew full well. You need to know that. And we have growth tracks and things to help you discover it. It's for a purpose. It's to get involved. It's so you can take advantage of that favorable Kairos moment that God provides. Why? Because the days are evil. Why do you know your purpose? Because God's providing you a Kairos moment that you need to step into because we live in evil days. And the fourth fourth one, the the one that probably uh, maybe is the most powerful, I don't know, I I would say it this way, maybe brings the most fulfillment is this, serve, serve. You were created for a purpose to serve. We need to follow him. We need to be a follower of him. We we need to make sure that, that we are connecting one with another. We need to make sure we discover our purpose and then we need to do something Do something that when you did it, it made a difference in somebody else's life. In fact, the happiest people on the planet are those that do something to make a difference in the life of somebody else. 1 Peter 4.10 says this, each of you should use whatever gift, and you have one, whatever gift you have received to serve others. Your gifts are to serve others, not yourself. Your gift are to serve others, not yourself. As faithful stewards of God's grace and its various forms, he's given us gifts, talents, and abilities to serve others. We need to do that. I'm going to close with this. John 15, 18 through 11. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. Why are we here? To bear fruit, to make a difference, to have something show for our life that matters in eternity. In fact, another scripture says, fruit that remains, eternal fruit, which is souls. We're here. Glory to, it brings glory to God that we bear fruit, much fruit, showing, listen to this, showing yourselves to be my disciples. A follower bears fruit. We do something. And then verse 11, jump down to 11, it says this. I have told you this. Now listen, I've told you this so that my joy may be in you. Listen, God's not asking you to do stuff so God can sit up there and say, oh, that just brings joy to my heart. Thank you, Tree of Life. That made me feel good today. Thank you. That was a blessing to me. Thank you. I'm so joyful now because of what you're doing down there. Keep up the good work. You know what he says? He says, when you do stuff, your joy will be full. Uh, Your joy, I will put my joy in you. Isn't that grace? Not even about God's joy. It's about your joy. I love that. And see how he finishes this out? He says, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be what? Complete. Come on, how many of you guys are walking in complete joy? Well, I don't know about you, but I got some more room. I need to experience God through serving. And the Bible says the way for complete joy, and I don't know you'll find this anywhere else in Scripture. You want complete joy, joy to its fullest, its fullest potential in your life? My Bible says to have complete joy, full joy, its fullest potential in your life, then you need to serve. You need to bear fruit. Come on, I don't want just a little bit of joy. I don't want part joy. I don't want some joy because the joy of the Lord's my strength. If I'm feeling weak, serve somewhere so your joy can be complete and filled up. I'm telling you, it's all about serving. It's all about serving. I just wanted to paint a picture for you because you need to see it so we're not stumbling over ourselves so we can attend to what the Lord reveals so we can be most blessed. God's people are the people that are the most blessed. Whatever circumstance, whatever trial, whatever they're facing in life, God's people in any environment, in any place on the planet, no matter how dark, how evil 
it is can be the most blessed. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.